0: Sports Podcast, where we talk history of the game numbers and stat. And each week we highlight a charity that's doing good. If you haven't subscribed yet, then you should. Because I'm sick, this is this, this, this the, the real deal. And you know I gotta shout out to Buffalo Bill. Turn it up to the max, sit back and relax. This the Buffalo Nerd Sports Podcast. Let's go!
1: What is up, Bills Mafia? Welcome into this episode of the Buffalo Nerd, your home for Buffalo Bills football with a charity on top. Brought to you by SB Nation on the Buffalo Rumblings Podcast Network and is being served up live by Picasso's Pizza on the Buffalo Rumblings Vidcast Network. Treat yourself to the most flavorful pizza on game day, Picasso's. We are Buffalo Pizza, shipping local and nationwide. Order online at picassospizza.net. I'm your host, Colt Schroeder. If this is your first time catching the show. Thank you. Appreciate you. If you're uh, already part of the Nerd Mafia, welcome home. As you can see this week, I am stoked to be joined by Jesse Newell of the Kansas City Star. Uh, He's a beat reporter for the Kansas City Chiefs. And so we're going to get some inside insight on the Chiefs this week before we get ready to hook up with them yet again, as this seems to be a year after year thing. How are you, sir? Doing great. Doing great. How about yourself? I'm good. Thanks so much for coming on. I know all you guys that are covering teams are super busy this time of year. Uh, so I really appreciate you taking some time out to hang out with me here for a little bit before the kickoff of this incredible Thursday night football game that we're going to witness between the commanders and bears. So <laughs> uh, anything you want to tell every, the everybody watching kind of about yourself?
0: Uh, No. First year on the Chiefs speed, but uh, you mentioned this. I mean, I'm going to be probably singing along with the chorus here to say that these are the two best teams in the NFL. It seems like this always happens at Arrowhead. Uh, (laughs) That might be a little bit of frustration on the Buffalo side. Maybe that changes this year because of this game or potentially the result of this game, but really looking forward to it. I mean, I I think it's unfortunate, honestly, for the Chiefs side of this is that they had a Monday night game before, so it feels like the buildup is maybe a little bit shorter than normal, but I mean, what more can you ask for? You got Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes. You've got two great coaches, two great teams. You got the history from last year. Obviously, the Bills wanting to avenge the 13 seconds. And honestly, I think two teams that build their rosters, whether they'll say it out loud or not, they build their rosters in the offseason to try to beat the other because they know at some point in time they're going to have to face the other team. So I'm sure we'll get into some some of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I I think it's the two best teams in the NFL, the game of the year in the NFL. And I was telling you before, Colt, I was kind of just wishing... Sort of wishing that one of these teams is in the NFC so they potentially could be in the Super Bowl, but that's not how it works. That's not how it rolls, but we'll still get this matchup here in the regular season. But I think it will be the game of the year in
1: the NFL. Yeah, I know everybody's super excited. I, I, I'm on the other side of it, right? Because we're on the Bills side. So I didn't want to hear about the 13 seconds forever. So I'm glad we're getting through a shorter week here. Um, but it's super, it's going to, it's, I think, I, did, I don't know if you saw this yet, DraftKings just posted like a thing that they everybody is kind of asking what's the best rivalry right now and Bill's Chiefs is obviously becoming like a big thing, right? You know, Mahomes, Allen, it's going to be there long-term. I think it's great for everybody involved, right? So super stoked to have it happen. Uh, as we were getting ready to do the show, I was doing a little more digging on you or whatever and I think it's very fitting that you're on the Buffalo Nerd because I saw here that you uh, your dad was a math teacher and he used to hand out rulers to trick-or-treaters, right? So I was like, this dude's a perfect fit for coming on the show right now. So N-
0: nerd is a perfect word to describe me. So yes, former, the son of a former math teacher and science teacher uh, into the analytics, you know, making all sorts of hay with uh, doing an AP poll vote in the past that uh, pissed everybody off. So yeah, all, all sorts of fun stuff. So yeah, if we mm-hmm. want to talk uh, analytics,
1: work downs, whatever you want to do, uh, the nerd part of me is definitely there. I love it. And uh, thanks for catching the show, Jimmy. Appreciate you hanging out with us tonight and uh, chatting uh, Bill's chiefs. So before we get into all the football stuff each week on the show, we do like to highlight a charity. Um, so obviously as the guest, Jesse gets to choose the charity. So uh, Jesse chose Habitat for Humanity. We highlighted them last week, but I wanted to do it again this week because uh, he's got a little interesting perspective on this that I didn't actually know existed. So Jesse, tell us a little bit about uh, the portion of Habitat you're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, just real quickly, the Caravaners program. Actually, my brother is a part of this younger brother. He travels around the country in an RV uh, and kind of lives where the, the road takes him. But the Caravaners program is actually really cool because uh, it has mostly retirees. Not my brother; he actually hand engraves in his in his RV when he's on the road. But they go out and they help uh, other people. Uh, they actually a lot of retirees go when they travel around the country and they go work Habitat for Humanity events and they build and they know what they're doing and they're cohesive with it. But the Caravaners program actually supports them and, and also supports some of the relief fund. I know out later this week, he's going to Casey, Kentucky, uh, along with his wife to go help them out and help rebuild some houses that were taken down by tornadoes a year ago. So when it comes to that sort of relief and then also just, you know, having some sweat equity in this, these people that get these habitat for humanity houses, uh, they have to work on the site and then they also uh, pay back. They they, they they actually pay for the house. I think it's kind of a misconception, but it's an interest free loan, but uh, they still put their sweat into it and they still have to pay back. And some of that money goes back to resources to build more houses for people. So just wanted to give a shout out to that. He's worked with that and helped people out with that program. And uh, like I said, the Caravanners program, whether it's retirees, or a 36 year old like him that goes around and lives on the land. Uh, it's helped them out and also helps out people in the community
1: as well. Yeah, no, it's very cool. I, I, you know, and I think when I mentioned that when we talked about this last week, I was like, I think everybody kind of knows Habitat for Humanity and that kind of stuff, right? And then when you brought this up, I was like, I had no idea that there was like a little chapter kind of deal of it like that. So very cool. Um, It's in the link below. I could say it all out, but it's actually a very long thing to actually get <laughs> yeah. specifically to that portion of Habitat. So just hit the link down below and I'll shoot you guys over there and you can check Out what they're up to, so let's chat real quick about just kind of the last week. We're heading into week six here. Week five was successful for both teams. You mentioned you guys played on Monday night. How did you feel about that game? When I was watching it, I mean, obviously there was the big decision that the Raiders didn't get, you know, the the two point conversion there at the end, but then they still had the ball at the end to try to make it happen again, and the defense held their own. So, how did you come out of that week?
0: Yeah, it was an interesting one. It kind of reminded me a little bit of the Colts week a couple weeks ago because, like, the Chiefs sort of. Have wavered between like invincible and then like oh my gosh they're overlooking this next game <laughs> you know like the 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 Colts mm-hmm. game and the Raiders game to me sort of looked pretty similar and the spread going in the week was like seven or seven and a half and it kind of seemed like a, a tricky spread and you're like why would the Raiders at one and three be able to hang in this game but you saw from the beginning you know the Raiders punched the Chiefs in the mouth they showed some things offensively that the Chiefs weren't ready for with the six offensive linemen Josh Jacobs obviously had his way and it really mm-hmm. took the Chiefs about a quarter and a half to wake up but they did wake up and that's sort of been the mo for them when they've been motivated when they've kind of come out with energy you saw that in the bucks game you saw that in the arizona game you saw that in the last two and a half quarters of the raiders game this chief team looks really good and i think that starts up front on the offensive line you know um <laughs> the offensive line kind of came in with a reputation of probably going to be one of the best units in the nfl but again they've been injured and they've been inconsistent so this team looks completely different when they can run the football kind of get downhill running we saw that against tampa bay they also completely different when they keep Patrick Mahomes clean. And right. we saw that again for portions of the Raiders game, but definitely not the beginning of it when Max Crosby was having his way. So uh, I had I picked the Chiefs to win by three. They ended up winning by one. It did seem kind of like a tricky thing where most people going into the game thought, oh, the Chiefs are going to blow out the Raiders. This isn't going to be competitive. But we sort of have seen the two sides of the Chiefs this year where it's like if, if they are um, – playing with energy and motivation, then they've looked really good. And when they've come out a little bit flat and maybe haven't had the offensive line play and the defensive line play that they've gotten in their best games, they look very vulnerable and they look very vulnerable in that game against the Raiders. But to their credit, that game and the chargers game at home, two very important AFC West games, kind of coin flip games. They're able to win those games, even when they didn't play their best.
1: Yeah. And I mean, I, you always got to go back to division games. And when you look at spreads for division games, unless it's like clear cut, they're always close. It always, it always finds a way to figure out to end up being a close game. And I'm glad that you mentioned that, that they kind of have that up down depending on who they're playing, because the bills last week, right. They went into the Steelers who, when you looked at it on paper, it was like, there shouldn't be a contest here. That's how it ended up being. But, Going into last week, I was like, we don't, we can't play down to teams anymore, right? We just, we can't allow ourselves to not be super motivated to just dominate games when we can, every time we're out there and you can't let teams like the Steelers come in and give them a little bit of hope. Right. So uh, I think that's a key thing that both the bills and the chiefs, have. we've kind of seen that through the years when you're really good, you get in these lulls during the season, potentially where a team like a Jacksonville hurts your feelings later in the ceil- season. Right. Cause you don't, you're not quite ready. So that's a, that's a good point. I, I like that you brought that up.
0: Well, let's be honest too, putting on our nerd glasses here. Um, this, what separates the best teams from the good teams is our ability to dominate inferior foes and to be able to put those games away. And the best way to win a close game is to never play a close game. And that's really where I think these two teams, I, ask me right now, I would say the chiefs and the bills are the two best teams in the NFL. But if I was ranking tiers, the bills are at the top by themselves because of how they've handled their business in these sorts of games and be able to dominate teams. Where's the chiefs? Again, they've had a couple good games. I mean, at Tampa Bay blowing out, basically blowing out the bucks. That's a really good result. At Mm -hmm. Arizona in the season opener, blowing them out is a really good result. But in between, it's been inconsistent. And and obviously, the loss of the Colts sort of showed that. So uh, that's why you look at this game. I mean, two and a half point spread, the Bills being favored, that indicates. I mean, if we think these are the two best teams in the NFL and the Chiefs are playing a home game and still are about a field goal underdog, that indicates right now that the Bills, even despite all the injuries they've had, which they've had a ton, are are still a tier above the Chiefs right now. Now, in a one-game sample, things can change something mm-hmm. crazy goes your way, if the Bills fumble the opening kickoff, then I'm sure the live lines will have the Chiefs as a two-point favorite. So, I mean, this is not a, a an enormous margin between these teams, but, you know, two and a half points when you're playing on the other team's home field, that's pretty significant. I think that's what the Bills wanted to build themselves up to in the offseason, and so far, so good with what they were trying to go after and get.
1: Yeah, I think I saw that, that that spread, right? That's the largest that Mahomes has ever had at home where he was he, he was an underdog by that many points at home. So that speaks to how good he is, how good the team is at, at that field and everything of that nature. And you mentioned it off the top, I think the Bills and the Chiefs for that both matter have been dealing with injuries up and down all season, right? I don't think that minus maybe game one did any, either of these teams get to roll out exactly who they want to roll out every week. So I love seeing the depth and I love seeing these teams win when you are being depleted and you're you're rolling out everybody else. So for injuries this week, the Bills have 15 guys up there uh, and, and, and they're they're limited this time around. Last week, most of them weren't practicing. Most of the guys this week are limited. The big time guys of Edmonds, Knox, Poyer, all limited. Uh, you had McKenzie Oliver Morris back full today. And Trey White started practicing again this week uh, which will be a big boost for this team down the road. But I was looking at the Chiefs injury, injury report and it looks like uh safeties. You may be losing one, but you get one back corning backs, kind of the same, but how what's up with Frank Clark? Cause to me, he's, he's a difference maker for sure in the NFL. Right. And and if he's not part of a game that changes everything.
0: Yeah. His was mysterious. You know, he has had this off and on again sickness and he actually had probably his best half of the season in the first half of right. his past game against the Raiders. And then was out the second half with this weird stomach issue uh, again they hadn't specifically say it but in the past it's been a stomach issue for him that he just has kind of intestinal problems that he can't mm. continue going on so uh, you know to say he's a difference maker I mean he plays well against the run he's not the Frank Clark you remember from old but again for their rotation it's important for them it's weird with the chiefs though like um, it, it's probably good and bad from a Bill's perspective because the good for them is Willie Gay is still suspended and that's mm. you know the linebacker that's really important for the chiefs he flies around and covers their best coverage guy, that sort of thing, especially against the bills. That's an important thing, but she's potentially got three guys back that are pretty important. Trent McDuffie is their first round pick. Uh, they actually had on their draft board, I think McDuffie and Elam right next to each other, as you might've mm-hmm. expected. And so yep. they drafted him, moved up in the draft to have him, you know, be one of the cornerbacks they could rely upon. And obviously that's important against the bills and all the millions of receivers that the bills can run out there. Uh, Harrison Butker this has been right. an adventure the last couple weeks when uh, Andy Reid has had to try to rely on these two kickers that he doesn't trust in. So Harrison Bucker, he's been in practice this week and it's expected to come back. That's a big thing just for even a confidence to try to kick a game winning field goal, which it might come down to uh, in this particular game. And then Trey Smith is, is really important. He sat mm-hmm. out the last game, the Chiefs right guard with a peck injury. He's also battled an ankle injury so far this year. Probably won't be at full strength, but the Chiefs really, really struggled to run the ball with him out in that in that game against the Raiders. So getting him back, getting him healthy, he's one of the main guys that pulls around on those runs and uh, when they have those those pulling plays. And uh, those were not successful against the Raiders. If they can be successful a little bit more against the Bills, then the Chiefs might have another avenue to try to get down the field and score points.
1: And it looks like uh, based on this that the the actual offense is going to be available. Cause when you look at the injury report initially, it's like every wide receiver of the chiefs is on the injury report, but they all did full participation today and everybody should be full and ready to go on that side of the ball. So uh, we should get a full slate of the chiefs offense. It looks like.
0: Yeah. Those receivers mostly are it's weird. You talk to Juju Smith-Schuster, he talks about being a veteran and he's 25 years old and I'm like, man, <laughs> you know, that you must be like an old 25, but it's really true. Right. I mean, he, he's had some issues in the past and some lingering injuries. So a lot of times he's kind of been on and again, off again, but those guys for the most part, him and Marquez Valle scantling when they showed up on the injury report, they played the game. So if, if right. they've been taking time off, it's mostly kind of the, the unofficial vet thing to kind of just get themselves ready for the game.
1: Right. That's what I figured. So moving into that then. So uh, if we're coming into the numbers of this game, the bills are sitting at, uh, you know, very high on the defensive side of the ball. In the passing side and in the rushing side, the Chiefs are lacking a little bit on the defensive passing side currently, right? I think that speaks a little bit to their number one draft pick not being there. There's been some influx in the safeties and things like that. Is is that truly still the biggest weakness of this team? Because you're getting ready to go up against an offense in the Bills that is very, very good at passing the ball, right? So, is the secondary the the weakness of this team?
0: You know, I would say so, but I mean, it's sort of like we're grading this on gradients, if you will. Like last year, the Chiefs won because they had an insane offense, an amazing quarterback, and it was just kind of dragging the defense behind on a wagon. This year, when they traded Tyreek Hill, part of the reason you get all these draft picks, you throw them in the mix and you become more young, more athletic, faster, more physical. But There's going to be some growing pains. And and that's sort of what the Chiefs have faced in past weeks. That's why this uh, getting back Trent McDuffie potentially for this game, we don't know yet because... Uh, he was put on IR so they don't have to give him an injury designation up until they activate him off IR. So he may play, he may not, but if they do get him back, I mean, that would just alleviate some of that pressure that they've had because on the back end, they've been playing guys like Jalen Watson, a seventh round draft pick who's played well, but he's a rookie. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, it's interesting. Yep. I wrote about this this week, but um, when Rashad Fenton, one of their cornerbacks was injured or had cramps late last game, they threw in Joshua Williams, a fourth round pick. Uh, He had to guard Devontae Adams on a blitz one-on-one on on the game's final play when the Raiders receivers ran into each other. It was his second defensive snap of the season with the first team uh, when it wasn't garbage time. He hadn't played since week one when the Chiefs were up a zillion to nothing against uh, the the Arizona Cardinals. So uh, it's pretty crazy, but they are playing those guys. They're playing guys, again, that are faster, more physical. They're going to make mistakes. They're going to have some technique errors. But yeah, I mean, I think the goal here is that now all of a sudden the defense can win them some games. You know, they won them the game against the chargers just being completely honest you know they they came up with stops and you look at the game against the colts i mean if the chiefs would have pulled that one off that would have been on the backs of the defense because the defense played well in that game too but yeah i I mean i I would say more inexperienced in the secondary than just completely off i mean again they're gonna they're gonna be faster than they were a year ago and a lot of times i think the chiefs really were hurt by their depth a year ago because hey a linebacker went down you put in ben neiman he wasn't very good if a secondary player went down, you had Daniel Sorensen on the field. Obviously, we all heard about the PFF numbers with him and the struggles he had. But now you're you're putting in players who, again, uh, can play, are fast, are young, that sort of thing. But they're prone to mistakes and they're prone to technique errors. So uh, I think that would be the biggest concern you would say if you're Steve Bagnolo, along with the fact that the Chiefs really have struggled in past years to corral guys like Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, who are these rushing quarterbacks. And I think specifically, we talk about these teams of trying to look at each other and try to figure out hey how can i try to make sure we're good in that matchup justin reed's a guy they targeted early uh the safety that they have in free agency i think part of it's like hey this guy comes down hill he hits you in the run game and he could potentially hit some of these running quarterbacks uh, i'm interested in that matchup too because i think again not 50 percent of the reason not 80 percent of the reason maybe two percent of the reason but in the back of the chief's minds they're saying hey if we have to face Lamar Jackson and we have to face Josh Allen in the playoffs, we sure want a guy on the back end that allows us to still play our nickel coverage but can right. hit, come forward and hit Josh Allen when he's coming downhill. And so I'll be interested to see kind of that matchup in this whole thing and if that sort of uh, free agent signing pays off for the Chiefs in this particular game.
1: Yeah, I see he's back full full participant today as well, Rita. I think he's a good player. Uh, just in the past, he's been a very good player. I think that that speaks to you definitely like the Bills. You know, when we have to sit down, Poyer and hide, everything changes, right? Cause you know that that veteran just knows in the moment that he's going to be in the right place. And you can't necessarily always bank on that with some of these rookies. I mean, you hope that they're going to do it and you hope that everybody around them is going to have them ready, but it's tough. So when I was kind of watching last week here, it, it looks like the chiefs are still, would you say that they're a little kind of still haven't really found their way yet of what they want to do on offense? hundred percent is it, it, it? He just feels a little uncomfortable with the idea that he can throw it to everybody now. Like he doesn't necessarily like, hey, where's Tyreek? Where's Kelsey? Even though Kelsey dominates, still, is it? Does it feel like they're still a little lo- searching? Like Ceh looked really great, and then last week it was like the McKinnon show. So, it, it, it does it feel like they're still searching? I actually thought last week was probably a really good step in the right direction
0: when it came to sharing the ball because they got way more from Marquez Valles-Scantling. They got way more from McCall Hardman, who's been battling a heel injury this whole season and trying to tough through it. And it was funny a couple of weeks ago, Patrick Mahomes basically apologized to fantasy football owners, just saying, "Hey, look, I don't know where the ball's gonna go every week. That's sort of the thing. So if you draft these receivers, like that's on you because it could be a different person any week." The crazy thing last week was uh, the Raiders played so much man coverage. I mean, they wanted to take Travis Kelsey out of that game completely. And because of that, the other guys got single coverage. And the Chiefs were able to take advantage. Uh, so they faced different things this year. They faced different defenses and different thoughts. Uh, unlike a year ago when everybody, no matter what you played, was playing the too high against Patrick Mahomes and trying to limit Tyree Kill. But I thought actually last week was a step in the right direction. I think the bigger inconsistency and what kind of what they've been battling through is their offensive line. And like I said, to start off with, this is an offensive line we all expected to be top one, two, three in the NFL this year. And they've struggled at tackle. Uh, Orlando Brown has been battling through a knee injury. He's not looked like himself. Trey Smith, I told you, was out last week. He's been battling an ankle injury and also showed up on the injury report with a peck. And then Andrew Wiley on the right side. I mean, the Chiefs have faced some really tough pass rushers, and they haven't done that great. So they've had to chip. They've had to chip with their tight ends, their running backs. I think McKinnon being in there, the biggest reason was he's usually their third bound back. So he can handle some, some uh, pass protection things and they feel most comfortable with him. And the Ravens were just dominating so much up front that they just wanted to get a guy in there that potentially could help them out with that aspect. So uh, I, you look at all the numbers, I think in pass game, EPA for play, all that stuff, the chiefs are still like first or second in almost every right. offensive category and sort of going back and forth with the, with the bills. And, it probably goes back to a bigger picture discussion that we might want to get into just briefly, which is the way these two teams diverge this off season, I think is pretty important. When we're looking at this matchup because the chiefs by training Tyree Hill, kind of said, okay, we're going to take a step back this year, but potentially try to push that window open for Patrick Mahomes for five, seven, eight, nine, 10 years, get younger, get faster on defense, bring that part up. And then your offense isn't going to be 100% of what it was, but you hope it's like, 85 to 90%. And then the whole unit gets better and you're better in three or four years. As you know, the bills did the opposite. They, they they're tired of losing to the chiefs. They're tired of not making the super bowl. They pushed all their chips in. They got Von Miller. They're they're going after all these luxury picks in, in the the NFL draft to try to like shore up these little pieces. And again, I, I think it worked if you're looking at this because against the second best team in the NFL on the road, they're two and a half point favorites. So Again, it's it's, it's just sort of fascinating to watch this whole thing play out. We can say, hey, the Chiefs should win or the Bills should win. But really, based off the offseason, the Bills should be favored in this game because they pushed their chips in and said, it's time to win now. It's time to stop losing to the Chiefs in the AFC division round or the championship round. They want to win this year. And the Chiefs kind of said a little bit of the opposite. Like, this year, they're going to compete. They're going to put themselves in the game. They're going to see if they can beat the Bills in the playoffs, and if they can't, well, the next three or four or five or six or seven years, they're going to be really good and try to build something that's, that's for the long term and potentially wins multiple championships and not just make a run at one. Uh, and some of that comes from they want a 19 because they want a 19. They can be a little bit more patient than the Bills who I think feel some pressure to, to get this thing done.
1: Yeah, I mean I I, I see a, a little bit of that and a little bit different. I mean our wide receiver room is built essentially the same way the Chiefs have tried to build their room if you really look at it. So, on the defensive side of the ball, Von Miller is really the only piece of the puzzle that we've splurged on in a very long time. So, but it's definitely he was brought in to be a quote-unquote closer, right? That was, this is, this is it, right? He's the guy you bring in because you're anticipating you're going to be there in the ninth inning and you need to close it this time because you have not been able to do that in the past. Right. So, uh, but it's, this is definitely going to be something that is going to go back and forth for, I think, another, you just said, you know, five to seven years. I mean, that's easily could be the case between these two guys for a very long time. Andrew Reed doesn't seem like he's going anywhere anytime any soon, you know, and Sean McDermott's not leaving anytime soon. So this should be an Epic battle for a long time. Uh, so the bills, we struggle massively with Travis Kelsey. He's destroyed us every time we play him, no matter what. I mean, he tends to do that to a lot of teams, so it doesn't hurt my feelings too badly, but when you know, it's going to happen, it really hurts my feelings still kind of. So, how does somebody stop Travis Kelsey? Is it possible? I mean, you you get to watch it all the time. You follow this team all the time. D- have you seen anything out there that really is the way to go about this? Well, I mean, the Raiders did it um, and still got Travis Kelsey Scored four on four, four, touchdowns, four, four right? touchdowns on him,
0: Um they but, I mean, them like, yards, right? Yeah, and, as I say, seven catches for twenty five yards. I mean, if you go back and watch the film of what they did to Kelsey, there were double teams and there were triple. There were times where they triple teamed him. They literally put three guys on his side and they manned up everybody else and. I don't think it was necessarily successful, but I don't know that it was necessarily a bad game plan either. Because again, before that, Mark Valle Scantling hadn't really emerged as a guy right. the Chiefs could trust. And Juju Smith used to have been up and down, and you wondered how healthy he was. And CEH, uh, Clyde edwards Zolaire, he's been good in the past game, but they haven't really been consistent with running the football. And when Trey Smith's out, again, that part of the game, that power run of the game is, is probably not there like it might be before. So, I mean, it's it's sort of pick your poison with the Chiefs. I mean, that's why they brought those weapons in, and that's why Patrick Mahomes is trying to, again, throw to the open guy, read the right. play, do more, not just – there's that that famous meme out there where it's like, uh, screw it, Tyreek's down there somewhere where Patrick Mahomes is right. just leaned back and throwing it as far as he can. That, that's not the case this year. You know, he's had to evolve where he's now avoiding pressure in the pocket, which he's really, really good at, finding guys downfield, making his progressions, going through his reads – and again, he's been really, really good this year, and he's been really, really good in the last two games in particular at at sort of being better. I mean, I mean, he was really good before, but like he's gotten to a point now where he's been able to be fine when their tackles aren't good. He just sort of avoids right. it and moves around in the pocket or scrambles. Uh, he's been fine when some of these guys aren't beating coverage as much as they should because he either takes off or or he finds Kelsey or they they found a way to make it work but I think so much of that is just on the shoulders of Patrick Mahomes because he's such a good player and continues to get better every single year with some of the weaknesses he does have. So uh, yeah, it's worth monitoring. I mean, to take Kelsey out, you, anybody can do it. You know, they, the Raiders on that third and 15, they put a defensive end out there to guard him out yeah. wide and, and they him in the helmet. You know what I mean? Like you can do it if you want. It's just a matter of if you think the chiefs can live on that game plan of of using other guys and have Patrick Mahomes not hit guys in single coverage when they're potentially going to be open. And so that, that route's available. You play man coverage, you double team Kelsey, you take him out of it. Um, most teams have not done that against Chiefs. In fact, the Raiders were like the, one of the first to do it this year, but um, it's an option. It's an option if you want to do that. I, I don't know that I would, just because like I said, I think Mahomes right now with the way he's playing, he can beat you in multiple ways.
1: Yeah. I Leslie Frazier, I don't anticipate is going to do anything different than we've tried every other time. I mean, these games have been so close, right? Or it's, we've won them or we've been in it, you know, it's just, it doesn't feel like you really need to do a ton. It's either going to work or not, right? You're going to, your guy's going to make the play or Kelsey's going to make the play. And that's how our defense kind of functions, right? Just go do your thing and we'll see where we fall. So I'm pumped for this one. I, I, I want to get into the score prediction a little bit with you. Like, uh, do you, do you feel that this is going to be a shootout type of game? Or do you think that these two teams are going to try to like slow things down a little bit to keep the other guy off the field and try to play that game? Or is everybody just coming out swinging? Well, yeah.
0: I mean, obviously game script's going to play into that because you can talk about that and have that as a game plan, but you know, it, it's a little different like the Chiefs. You get down 17 nothing is the Raiders. Some of that's just right. thrown out the window, and you, what you think you're going to do doesn't end up like that. You know, if, if we're honest, both these teams are smart. They're smart because they rely on the pass game, which is the most effective way to move the football on the field. We all know that. They rely on their quarterbacks, who are amazing. And on defense, they try to make teams snap it again. You know, and they, they're... some probably better than they used to be in the run defense, but they're just not too concerned about it. You know what I mean? Like, like mm-hmm. if you make them snap it again, you're going to give yourself a chance. Now, Steve Sagnolo will get crazy with his blitzes. And one player to watch for the chiefs has been luxurious Sneed. when he's played slot cornerback. He's been one of the best blitzers in the NFL. I think he's forced already three or four fumbles this season. He's had a couple of sack fumbles has made huge plays. Uh, he actually forced someone on Devonte Adams last week. that got kicked out of bounds. Otherwise the Chiefs yep. could have potentially gotten that one as well. So that's a player to watch. Keep your eye on. And uh, on that fourth and one play, you know, Spags with his uh, dude who has rookie who has played two real NFL snaps went basically all out blitz to try to stop the run, and uh, you know that the two receivers ran into each other, so it didn't work. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the Chiefs are selectively aggressive, but at the same time, you know, they'll give up runs. They'll they'll try to make you snap it again, and that's the same way the Bills are. So I can see both these pass offenses going. I can see third downs being important. I could definitely mm-hmm. see. Um, you know these secondaries both being tested because that seems like, especially with the injuries on the Bills, I wouldn't say the the Bills secondary is a weakness. I would say that the Bills secondary is hurt, and so uh, they're trying to kind of make up for some of the losses there. But uh, yeah, I, I think both teams going up and down the field. Uh, we'll see how much they try to run the football, especially with the Chiefs getting Trey Smith back. I know the Bills have gone to some heavier packages in the past if teams try to play them light. But yeah, uh, I, I don't know what the over/under is on the points, but you know I would surprise if it's not up somewhere in. Somebody get in the thirties, thirties to twenties somewhere in there, or, or even a little bit higher than that. And uh, I would think that this one is going to be up and down the field and these offenses are really going to show themselves.
1: Yeah. I mean, I agree. I think this is uh, pretty much going to be one of those games that we, we see, well, the interesting piece for me is going to be how it plays out because the bills have only given up one touchdown, In the entire second half of the season so far, the chiefs have given up a lot of touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Now that's typically because they're up, right? And they got teams trying to come back against them. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. I do have the bills winning this at around like 35, 27, 35, 30, something along those lines. I think it's kind of back and forth comes down to the end of it. And somebody scores a touchdown to win. Uh, is kind of where i'm at on it right now uh, but obviously it's one of those things if you walk into the building the wrong way it's all out the window uh if you, you the first fumble first ball that gets kicked gets fumbled and you're in the end zone it changes everything right so it's just uh fun to kind of talk about it so we're coming up on our 30 minutes here so i really appreciate you coming on jesse and chatting football with me for a little bit you got anything you want to shout out
0: no i mean i've got to do my predictions like here in the next 30 minutes or so but uh to be honest with you you know i it's funny. I read like an athletic article where they predicted the records of the season. I think 27 of the 32 beat writers predicted over the win total for their respective teams. So sometimes the home effect comes in, but I'm actually with you. I I think uh, for me, from what I've seen from the Bills so far, what I've seen from the Chiefs so far, I I think this is a game that the Bills win and cover. Um, I think that this is a game uh, most likely I'm going to pick that way. Uh, You can check it out on the Kansas City Star make sure I follow through on it. But uh, obviously the Bills got that win at Arrowhead earlier last year. And Let's just be honest. I mean, I don't want to bring up bad memories, but they should have gotten the win last year in the second game as well. So it's a really talented team. I think it's the best team in the NFL. The Chiefs will be motivated. I don't think you have to worry about the lull that they've faced in those other games, but sometimes good teams just come in and beat you. And I think that potentially Mm -hmm. could happen with Josh Allen and the Bills this weekend.
1: Yeah, I think either way, it's going to be a phenomenal game. Uh, I think the fans are going to get what, what they're anticipating. And I think CBS believes that that's what's going to take place, too, because the entire national media is get, The CPS is hit the entire. That's all they're showing is Bills Chiefs. So should be a good one. Hope everybody enjoys it. Thanks again, Jesse, for coming on and hanging out for, with me for a little bit here tonight. And of course, go Bills.
0: Make sure you leave a review and subscribe. So, you never miss another episode. We'll see you next time. More to dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all in one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this high quality leads, fast closing deals, wildly happy customers, and more benchmark breaking quarters.